Hello everyone and welcome to the Story X Story podcast where we discuss stories across pop culture from manga to video games. It's episode number 21 on Wednesday the 1st of April. I'm your co-host and my Meta co-founder Nigel. I am Tazzy, streamer and co-host. I'm Gina, the show's producer and also a freelance artist. And uh, because we have a whole bunch of guests with us today, uh, I'm going to go in the school register format and just like call out all our guest names. Uh, so like you do at school, just respond when you hear your name. Uh, from Streamcast, we have Isaac. Present. <laughs> from, also from Streamcast, we have Andy. Yep. And Akira. Hi. Uh, not from Streamcast, uh, we have Rose. Hiya. And uh, last but certainly not least, we have Annabelle. Howdy, all. Cool. Everyone is present and accounted for. No detention needed. Let's continue. Uh, so just to remind listeners that you can subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also send us feedback and questions. Feedback at mymatter.com is the email address, or you can throw your questions at us on social media, mymatter on Twitter, mymattertees on Instagram, or Tazzy with three eyes on both. As always, let's get started with what's happening in the mymatter universe. <laughs> Uh, so even though we have a fictional universe of um, manga characters, they're still not immune from the coronavirus, which has just like impacted everyone. So there's actually not a whole lot going on. That is the update. Uh, events are still cancelled, still at home, which I'm hoping uh, as you listen to this, you're also at home. Unless you're listening to this in 2021 and everything's like bright and sunny and there's hope. But... Uh, we don't live in that world right now. <laughs> so, um, actually, I had a question from, I think, Andy, you had a question about uh, some of the things that have been happening with my matter. Um, do you want to recap that question? Yeah, sure. Um, so the question was basically, has the outbreak of coronavirus or COVID-19 made you reconsider how you will plan and hold events in the future? Because it's, you know, gone crazy throughout all sorts of industries and i can only imagine the content creation industry has been hit pretty hard by that as well uh yeah that's a big yes for us um but not necessarily the content creation i guess uh for us i think i mentioned on a previous podcast we had you know conventions lined up as i know um we all did because this was supposed to be the post egx res um podcast but that got postponed so that's one thing and then another thing for us is workshops so i do a lot of workshops in schools colleges um so i had some ongoing sessions and um some future plans that all got cleared from the calendar so it's definitely i guess i'd like to obviously we'd like to do events still we also had to postpone our own gamepad event um but i think what it has changed is the i guess the way we deliver which essentially means like online delivery of workshops and i think when looking at events certainly for this year everything has got a little asterisk so um i guess you guys know like comic-con egx 
got uh, postponed to like July. Um, yeah. This is like a you know ever evolving situation, so there's no guarantee that <laughs> those are going to happen. So I think for me, the way I'm looking at this year certainly is just with a kind of a view to events not happening over the summer at least and then kind of moving on that basis uh, and then like making plans around that so i think it'll just mean sort of finding other other ways to um promote uh, the brand um, and deliver workshops like online which is a shame but yeah that's kind of where we are at the moment yeah yeah it's very limited yeah um but yeah so we just uh continue like i said it's a it's a bad situation but it's also an opportunity to do other things like i've started working on our next manga uh, and making notes and outlining and Mm. writing that as well so yeah just like we've all been given time to do things that we might have been put off and now we cannot so that's where we are but (laughs) Uh, in terms of like future plans, uh, again, always with that asterisk on the end, is uh, we are hopefully looking forward to doing some events <laughs> over summer. Um, likely moving our gamepad event to like autumn, um, sort of autumn at the at the earliest. Uh, and then we had a few other kind of projects that we'll just you know keep an eye on things and see when it's best to um best to release those but yeah so that's kind of where we are right now we're just waiting for the the world to be able to return to some kind of normal but what we're gonna do like i said uh, this was supposed to be the post egx episode uh, egx has been moved to july uh, so what i thought we'd do is get a bunch of guests a bunch of people in and around gaming uh, to talk about video games. So we're just going to spend the next, you know, however long uh, we've got to talk about the games we're playing and some of the video game news that is going on at the moment. Uh, So, yeah, that's what we're going to get into right now. Awesome stuff. Okay, so... Um, this is going to be like a question that's going to be like, oh my God, but I have so many games that I'm playing right now because I'm stuck inside and there's not much else to do. <laughs> but we're going to go through what everyone's been playing recently. Um, and we're going to try and keep it to like one game each uh, because otherwise I think we'll be here forever. I know I've been playing a few. Um, we're going to start with every from everyone from Streamcasters. Um, so whichever one of you want to go first. Feel free to let us know what you've been playing. Um, well, yeah, we've been playing a bunch of games, but a really notable one for me was Layers of Fear. Um, so, it's a really short game, and uh, it's uh, it's a, a game where there's a lot of jump scares, and you're trying to piece together what happened. Uh, you basically wake up in your own house, and like the place is completely torn to pieces and you're trying to pick up clues and decipher what happened in a uh, over the last night or so and as you play the game you start to realize more and more things uh are, are falling into place uh this guy that you're playing as has a wife and a child and um slowly things are are, are becoming um 
I can only describe it as someone's descent into madness. So his vision starts to go blurry. He starts to um, imagine things that aren't there, and uh, you tend to, and then, and then uh, the big reveal is, or not so much a big reveal. You kind of like piece it together. They don't like hold your hand or tell you what the actual, um, what actually happened. But um, basically, what happened was there was a fire in this house. And this man, um, his wife got severely damaged and uh, she was taken to hospital. They had to do surgery on her. Um, and uh, her face was um, horribly messed up. And because of that, she started to go through depression until eventually uh, she committed suicide. And um, this man, who was a really talented painter, kept trying to um, paint this woman as she was before the fire. And every time she tr he tried to paint her, he could only paint her face after the fire. Uh, and that made him become uh, insane. It made him go insane. And uh, what happened to his child is uh, she got taken away, I think, by s social services. So it's a really, really dark um, game. But... Uh, one that really stuck out to me for obvious reasons. Yeah, that's yeah. heavy stuff. Yeah. yeah. I played Layers of Fear and, like, I tried to piece it together, but I was way too scared <laughs> to comprehend <laughs> that much information from it. So, I've seen it was really rough. Life now. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was really rough. I kept thinking that, you know, it was going to be a really violent end, like, oh, this guy is abusive. And his wife is coming for revenge, but no, nothing like that. Yeah. Damn. I mean, you managed to get through that pretty well then. <laughs> Just about. It was a really long <laughs> playthrough. I feel you with that. Um, okay, so Isaac or Akira, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, playing Infamous Second Son at the moment. It's a game that I've put off for years because it came out a while ago. Um, I, I'm a little bit of a purist-ish because I played the first two games and they had a, the main character was Cole and loved his journey and when I found out there was a new Infamous coming out I was really excited and then I didn't see Cole in the trailers and I said to myself no it's not happening and then recently I decided to, to give it a try. I'm so upset with myself that I waited so long to play it because it really builds on the old games, uh, the gameplay, new powers and it really does have a good story. Uh, it's got the usual um, good side and evil side. And basically you are playing as... I think he's... I'm not sure where he's from. But I think he's some sort of Native American maybe. I'm probably wrong about that. But basically his family gets attacked by the... By the evil police that are basically camping out on metahumans. And he has to go on a quest to save his family. And basically, it's the same old infamous stuff. You go around, you clear cities and towns, you save people, you pick a good or evil side, and you just get to be a superhero in a really cool sandbox world, and you get all these really cool powers. And it is a really good way to spend an evening. It's, it's just so much fun, and I highly recommend it. Awesome. Um, I've not played any of the infamous games. You should. They're good. Yeah, I think I have some in my digital collection somewhere uh, so maybe I'll dig them out but you know virtually speaking <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Akira 
Um, I'm currently playing one of the first games I ever played and will always be, you know, like a top in my heart. Bioshock. Um, it's quite an old game. I think the first one came out in like 2009. And basically the aim of the game is you're a passenger in a plane and the plane crashes. So you end up finding access to this under, like this uh, civilization that's, I want to say under the sea. It's called Rapture. And when you get there, this guy keeps asking you for help. And so the aim of the game is just to help him while you're trying to like traverse this place where people have basically taken loads of drugs and gone mad and are trying to kill you. And I don't want to give too much away because Andy is also yeah. playing at the don't moment, but it is just so, it's so good. They it's just made a, really a perfect game. trilogy. It's such yeah. a good game. And like, like I said, I don't want to give too much away, but magnifique i don't think i've played another game where they've managed to create such a story that's you know such an expansive story and still surprise you at the end Mm. out of interest have you played half-life 2 i actually have played half-life don't get me started on this rant (laughs) it's been 13 years and you gave me a vr game no guys we're gonna we're gonna talk about that All right, yeah. Bioshock is definitely, I agree. Bioshock is such a beautiful game. Um, it like has this, I don't know. I don't, yeah. It's really hard to talk about without spoiling it, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love, I slept on that game for so long. And when I finally got around to playing it, I was like, yep, playing them all. <laughs> um, Question. Yeah. Which is your favorite Bioshock game? Um, what was the one in the sky called? Yeah, that's my favorite one. Um, maybe there's something to do with the fact that like it's light (laughs) in terms of visually light compared. Yes, yes, yeah. No, I get what you mean with that. (laughs) Um, yeah, Rose, what have you been playing? I've been playing Animal Crossing. I can't imagine it coming out at a better time that we can't go outdoors. So we have a <laughs> game where we can go outdoors. Yeah. Um, we've actually, in a kind of like a crazy sense, well, I come from the fighting game community. So when you've managed to get a whole bunch of people from the fighting game community all in Animal Crossing, all playing Animal Crossing with you. It's a really odd sense, but a lot of people are really enjoying just the peaceful nature of it. Mm. So, <laughs> I guess it's a chance for people to, like you said, kind of go outside without going outside and get a bit of that, like, and terrible for your entire calm. island. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been really um, enjoyable so far. Oh, that's awesome! It's nice that you've got like a whole community um, jumping on that. Not uh, playing fighting games, but playing. <laughs> yeah. It's- Chilling out and uh, finding fossils and bugs and getting stung by bees. <laughs> and catching all the tarantulas while they also knock you out if you miss. <laughs> oh, <laughs> How's your debt going? Oh, uh, paying for my third room so far. <laughs> tarantulas are really helping. They're the economy of everything. <laughs> tarantulas. The yeah, economy of everything. Some, like, I've been producing some like little mini uh, 
guides on Twitter because some of your friends from the FGC don't know some of the little tips and tricks from the older games. So this mm. is actually for us, like a lot of them, like their first Animal Crossing game. Wow. Probably like, I mean, I haven't played it yet. I've watched a lot of gameplay, uh, but it looks like the best Animal Crossing. It is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay then, uh, Annabelle, uh, what have you been playing at the moment? I've been playing Apex, <laughs> Apex Legends that is, um, I'm just trying to rank up, I really want to make diamond this season, and I just made plat last night, so hopefully, thank you. Uh, for those that might not be fully aware of um, all the ranks, can you just explain that, asking for a friend? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, the ranking system in Apex, there's bronze, which you start off with, silver, gold, um, platinum, then there's diamond. They've introduced a new rank this season called Masters, and Mm. then there's Apex Predator. That's top 500 in the world. Wow, okay. um, Yeah, I'm not making Apex Predator. I'm not even trying to aim for it. (laughs) So, that's like when you have shroud-like aim. Um, but I think I can maybe make diamond. I really hope I can, but um, we'll see. I'm aiming for it, so hopefully I can get there. Um, just for anyone that has been living under a rock and does not have any idea what Apex Legends is, um, it is a battle royale game uh, that is uses teams of three, um, and you have like heroes, a bit similar to like Overwatch. They each have independent uh, abilities, just to keep everyone up to speed from that because sometimes I tell people Apex Legends they're like what and I'm like where have you been <laughs> yeah it's about royale and the heroes are called legends and when you win you're um, a champion so I really like that they do that you you would like you're, you're a champion and um, they have really cool and unique stories backstories for all the characters which I really like and they do different things around that and um, um, on the actual map itself so, and this season was the they introduced a new character called Revenant, and you sort of saw his backstory. And I really like that Apex do that; these little stories attached to their characters. It makes the game feel more real. Revenant is my new fave. <laughs> I couldn't. I, just... I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how dark he is. <laughs> oh, that probably says a lot about me. On the map, like when you give him something, he's like, "I'm not thanking you." Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, So I have been playing a lot of games, so it was hard for me to choose one to talk about. Um, But I started Bless Unleashed, um, which is a free-to-play MMO on Xbox only. Um, And I started it because a group of my friends uh didn't know what to play and they're so indecisive uh and one of them was like I kind of want an MMO to grind with you guys uh and we went through a load and then I was like okay none of those are satisfying you you really didn't want to play Skyrim um not Skyrim Elder Scrolls Online uh and so I was like okay check this out and see what you think about it he's like looks looks all right uh okay I'll try it (laughs) um 
yeah we've been having a lot of fun I spent like a lot of hours all of my downtime which is actually not that much at the moment um but yeah like any chance I sort of got to just relax um while not streaming not making content not editing uh, I jumped on there and I'm just it has like a interesting story of like hidden like old like like old gods and relics and people trying to use those to destroy the world as it is and you know the usual stuff uh, but I play this my character is like this tiny little creek like a bunny creature uh, it's adorable and that's one of the reasons I love playing because I just look so cute <laughs> Um, but I plan on starting The Witcher next week. I just wanted to say that because we spoke about The Witcher series on here a lot. Um, I'm finally going to get get round to actually playing one of the games. <gasps> so yeah, everyone be proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Witcher 3 or the first yeah, one? Yeah, I'm going to play The Witcher 3. Oh, okay. Yes. The awesome. best one, apparently. I don't really know. Um, yeah, Nigel, what have you been playing? Uh, to be fair, I should also be playing The Witcher 3 because that's I've seen the series, uh, but I just have not played the game. Why? Yeah, I've come <laughs> close on like two separate occasions. Like it, it's made its way to my Amazon basket and just never <laughs> check out. But it's I think I think it's still there. I'm just like, but yeah, we'll come back to that wow. hopefully. Um, so what I have been playing is uh near autonoma autonoma automata there you go near automata um so i just completed it and then learned that that is one of many endings so i think i need to play it again has anyone else played that played I, that game yeah i want to play it okay so yeah i got the impression like from the message when it ended is like you've got one ending but there's still more to discover uh so when it finished i was like i just i want more of this story so i really enjoyed the game so it's um it's like a action role-playing game uh, from square enix and it's got a really cool combat system which is kind of addictive it's like one of those you want to work on and improve and there's loads of enemies around for you to do that and the story is about i think it's like you've got this war between humans and machines, but then the humans are using androids to fight uh, their their war, and you play the android uh, 2B, and you get like a little psychic uh, 9S. Um, so I think there's some kind of like meta thing going on where you've got humans using androids to fight their, uh, their war. But uh, one of the things that did hit me in this game is when you start, it gives you a, a message. Like, it's got a really sort of epic uh, start, and it introduces you to the mechanics, to, uh, like, the, the the grand scale of the, the bosses in the game. Uh, but one of the messages it, it gives you is you uh, have to save, like, there's no auto-save. You have to save automatically. Uh, so I didn't take this seriously. I kind of... I, I read it, I acknowledged it, and I kind of like dismissed it and just continued. No. So what happened is, uh, yeah, you see where this is going. Um, so basically the game starts and you have to play, it's about a 45 minute uh, sequence before you can save for the first time. Uh, so I must have got to like 30 something and, and, uh, and then I died. 
and I was like, all right, cool. We'll just pick that up like from where from where we left on where we left off. Uh, so the game restarts and the opening credits are rolling again. And I'm like, wait, oh, what? No. It's, 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 <laughs> okay, right. Then, right there. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. I'd be raging. Yeah. It, it was it was an experience. And it was kind of it brought back uh uh some like dark memories for me. So just so you have the full context is um so when I was younger I had a um I had a master system and I played Alex the Kid. Don't know if you know that game, but that is a a one hit and go back to the beginning of, of the game type game. And yeah, that was hard to take at such a young age. And playing um Nia and getting that like first death and having to go back to the beginning, it was just like uh it was just a moment uh for me. So anyway, I learned my lesson, got past that bit. And then, yeah, went on to eventually complete the game. So it has a happy ending, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. glad you warned me about that because this is a game that I really want to play. Loads of people have recommended it to me, and I had no idea about that. And I recently found out it's supposed to be coming to Game Pass. Um, so I will have it in my collection yeah, uh, to play. Recommend it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good and it's very because I I hadn't really heard of it other than it's good and you should play it and yeah you know what to expect and it's very varied so like like i said it's a sort of action role-playing game but then it has many other elements so I'll, I'll let that be a surprise to you when you do play it but be prepared for some varied type of gameplay in that that sounds uh, like something i can really i will really enjoy because as someone that likes a big variety of games, I kind of always want just one that has all the variety inside of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, yeah, variety within the single game, definitely. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've been playing. I think I'm going to drop Second Son now. I want to play this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my, my apologies I... to the developers of Second Son for doing that. <laughs> There was um, a moment we were talking to a friend about uh, Nier Automata and he was like, yeah, I finished the game with 2B. And then we were just sitting there like, y you haven't finished. <laughs> he was just, he was adamant that he, he had finished the game when he hadn't realized that there is another section <laughs> of the game that you need to play. Oh, wow. uh, so how so does it work? Is it, is it like a yeah, new game is it a new, brand new game, or you pick up from when you left off? You play as a 9S after that point. Oh, okay. All right, um, I know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. <laughs> you said you wanted more. I did, yeah. I, did. I was like, really like, because the way it ended, it like I felt I didn't get all of the story. I thought there was a lot more to say. And I was like, what? It's ending, so, okay, that's good. <laughs> That's, I need closure right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an open right now and I need closure. Um, all right, cool. So, yeah, that's what everyone's been playing. We are going to start talking about some of the stuff that is happening in the games industry today. Uh, so I thought I'd pick up on the sort of the general coronavirus theme because it's pretty hard to escape now. But in terms of what it means for the games industry uh, and look at the cancellation of E3. So I think everyone has like some variation of this where uh, let's say like early March, so late February, early March when we were hearing about coronavirus. But I think 
a lot of people have that moment when it became very real for them. Uh, and for me, as superficial as it sounds, um, it was when uh, they cancelled E3 because that then said to me that, okay, this is now impacting our industry and that means everything uh, can be shut down. And it turns out everything was shut down. Uh, but I thought it was interesting for E3 in particular because this is an event that had, I guess we could say issues uh, for a while. And I think the like the cancellation of this event in particular might have some ramifications in the future. So so thought I'd get people's thoughts on it. Um, has anyone been to E3? Nope. Okay, no, I'm not alone then. Not. <laughs> yeah, I I was hoping to either like this year or next year, like get to go, but yeah, see what, what's going to happen. But so, what do people think about E3 in, in general? And like, do you think because the the thing about E3 is like the purpose of it? Like, what's the point? Um, what's the need to have this big event when so many companies are either pulling out or having their own events? So we've had, obviously, Sony pulled out last year and mm-hmm. had already pulled out this year, even before uh, the, the cancellation. And uh, Jeff Keighley also decided he was going to uh, pull out of the event. Um, so even before the cancellation, things were looking a bit ropey. And yeah, do what do people think about the need for E3? Do we need E3 next year or in future? Um, I think I saw on someone's like actually I've seen this around quite a bit. For content creators, is actually a huge networking opportunity. E three. So I know these big like something like Sony, they probably don't need that as much. But like for a content creator starting out or sort of established, they need E three to network to do those sort of things. And for them, they've lost a huge opportunity to get to know more people, to strengthen their bonds with other things. And I think that's E3 is useful for that that side of things so that's why lots of people were really upset about it not just obviously finding about new new games and I think also people like getting together and that sort of thing that's why conventions are so successful it almost feels like a convention type thing that's been shut down so yeah so I watched a really interesting video from one of like my favorite creators um who's a games media journalist um and has done that for a long time um and by the way the video is uh alana pierce uh, so if you do want to check it out um and it talk and she talks about e3 um and what e3 actually is um and that what we see when you're not at it is different from what e3 actually is and a lot of what we see isn't actually e3 that's just the press conferences that yeah, the games true. companies are holding and have nothing to do with E3. They just all happen at that time because it makes sense to. Does that make sense? She explains yeah. it way better. But no, that's no, like, I, yeah, I get that's like the breakdown. But from, from an insider and someone that's been in the industry for, for a long time and that E3 is like the biggest part of her year. Um like it was really interesting because obviously for me I've never been to E3 I'm not a journalist uh I I don't really know that much really about E3 apart from like I'm not even someone that really watches it that much 
Uh, I normally just get the news after. I'm like, yo, everyone, what, what's the lowdown? <laughs> um, and like when I was a kid, I used to have mag. Like I used to be subscribed to like Nintendo magazine and I think like a PlayStation one. And so I'd look forward to like the E3 pages on that. Um, but yeah, like I completely agree. It's one of those things that uh, the thing that's missing by not having an event because we can still have like the talks, right? They can just live broadcast them mm-hmm. um is that like i imagine it sounds great like e3 floor sounds great for networking and that's exactly what apparently it is it's like networking and yeah and getting those like interviews done and things like that and i'm like wow that would actually be like a massive loss to the industry mm-hmm. um especially for like like you said like smaller content creators and like having that variety because then it will be only really people that have those contacts and have that rapport already built up that will be able to put that content out that's about news about video games uh so yeah Yeah. no i I get i think it i think it would be a loss because you've got that like physical sort of in-person meeting that uh, ability to sort of do business um sort of outside of the press conferences which the press see uh but i guess where we're going now is like with um <clears throat> even before sony nintendo they're not quite pulling out but in terms of not having a uh, as big a presence as they had in previous years and doing their own uh, nintendo direct during e3 uh, and then i think the thing with sony is when you you miss out on the like the, the biggest sort of industry event uh but then as far as i can tell have like no loss of sales it sends a a worrying message that you don't need this event from a like strictly sort of money like bottom line um perspective but i think one of the aspects that i liked for e3 is if you're in gaming obviously you know about it but you're also aware of all the other things going on if you're not in gaming e3 was the the one time where like the mainstream felt i felt took notice of video games so it was one time i'd see like reports on BBC or or ITV or whatever talking about games and I guess in terms of like broadening the reach uh, of gaming uh, I felt there was an an important aspect of E3 which might not necessarily be the the stated purpose of the event but I like to think it made some way into just getting people to be aware that games is a serious business and it's not just some random people playing uh alone it's like you know there's there's careers there's these big titles there's a there's a reason to to care about it so i think yeah if if it i mean i, I think it will it will change hopefully next year they will be able to do a, a a different event but i i anticipate like with sony sort of stepping out other companies will kind of say maybe we don't need to spend whatever amount of money it takes to put on like a presence at e3 and we can have our own thing that we control the message totally, which I think in some respects would be a shame. Mm. Well, I think like uh, the rest of like the outside gaming world taking gaming seriously uh, is just something that's going to change from this year onwards anyway. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because us, everyone having to stay inside has definitely changed people's opinions on video gaming, especially uh, who? And they're like mm. complete turnaround. 
yeah. in less than a year. <laughs> uh, Rose, you were going to say something. Oh, I was going to say um, that I think that there is a lot to learn from just having, like, you know, Nintendo Direct and stuff like that. We're having streams just generally to consumers for... I know that E3 is a huge loss to content creators, to people getting hands-on with the game itself, but especially to consumers who were only watching it digitally anyway. I feel like they're probably weighing, uh, with PlayStation pulling out regardless anyway, that they were just weighing up the pros and cons of how they can reach a wider audience of people who can't journey to E3 because um, obviously one of the other perks of E3 is getting hands-on with some of the games. And... uh, Mm. Not to mention, there was like a huge uh, disengagement from some of the uh, cinematics of uh, games that they showed because it wasn't showing gameplay. It was just showing like uh, Death Stranding. I I do really like Death Stranding, but they showed pure cinematics and not anything that people could truly like emotionally engage with. Yeah, it's only when you get hands on with the game that you can. uh, basically engage with it so i think for uh the direction that sony wants to go with cinematics of games it would have worked out better for them to just broadcast it as a cinematic in the first place yeah Yeah, that's a fair point okay so and then wait isaac were you gonna say something uh i don't think so oh (laughs) (laughs) i agree with everything you said good (laughs) <laughs> the other thing I was thinking about, uh, and this is like, sort of, as well as looking at the industry, like totally personal, but I just saw a report that Gamescom is thinking about possibly doing a, a digital event. So uh, Gamescom is, I think Gamescom is actually the biggest gaming event just by number of attendees. Uh, I, Because I went last year and it's massive, we're talking like, almost like 400,000 people uh, visiting over uh, the days. It's, it's a huge event. And someone was telling me like it's, it was, it's bigger than E3 and San Diego Comic-Con combined. Uh, it's just the, so in terms of like actual people, it, it's the biggest event. But they take place in August. And I was hoping to go uh, this year. Because it... I can always keep my fingers crossed, um, but I, I think just because of the way this coronavirus situation is happening, is that, um, like was said, is that it's just going to have an impact, like regardless on the way games are are shown, uh, which is a, uh, a shame because you're you're missing out on that sort of that ability to play a game in person or see in person or meet uh, industry uh, industry people uh, in in person. So they're waiting to make that decision in mid-may uh so i've read but yeah we'll kind of see what happens and i i think I, it wouldn't be a surprise if they just went the the digital route for this year and that would just be the the theme for uh 2020 everything is happening via sort of uh direct stream and yeah just to continue on the sort of coronavirus thing but something a bit more positive uh, i don't know if you guys have uh, seen this but with like all the sporting events being cancelled you've kind of got people turning to esports uh, as a way to sort of i guess number one keep from going insane uh, and two 
actually get some competition going. So uh, I think Tanya, you were saying about sort of F1 drivers uh, playing the video game version and competing through that recently. Yeah. So what I this is like information from from my partner because he's a massive car fan. Um, but yeah, so he was telling me about that they done like an F1 virtual simulation race, which apparently they use a virtual simulator anyway uh, as part of training and things like that. Mm. Um, but this was like, they were like, well, we can't do, we can't do our Grand Prix. So <laughs> let's just do it virtually. Um, and they had a lot of fun with it. And apparently the commentation went, commentating went along the lines of, where is esports now? Um, and they were like having a bit of a laugh <laughs> and a joke about it. And from what, the tiny bit that I saw and from what I heard, it was like a vacation <laughs> for them. <laughs> um, and they were making like the best out of a, a bad situation. And they were doing stuff that they wouldn't do on a real track, like crashing into each other, uh, which is definitely, definitely against the rules. <laughs> like, uh, I'll say, like, what? <laughs> purposely, like, yeah. totaling um, each other. But obviously it's virtual, so... You know, yeah. no one's, there's no like real consequences. Um, but, and I just thought like, it just sounded really heartwarming. Um, and it kind of made me imagine, like I know some, uh, like there are virtual racing teams um, that work alongside uh, some of like the big racing events. Uh, but it made me think like, maybe like the future of sports is that you have like your, your real life sports person and then like they have an esports counterpart you know <laughs> so that if anything goes down it's like okay you know pass the buck on to our esports counterpart but yeah no i thought it's pretty cool yeah i could see that actually working like some sort of esports league with all of these um sports like racing football and um rugby mm. Yeah, there are a number of teams, like sporting teams, that have esports uh, counterparts. I can't try to think off the top of my head. I'll I'll find out, but I feel like there's a trend towards that. And like, so I guess sort of of everyone here, uh, Rose, I imagine you're more in tune to like sort of esports, and particularly with like the fighting game community. Uh, how do you think like? this situation that we're in will impact uh, impact esports? As of uh, this point in time, a lot of uh, the esports events do with like the tours, like uh, the Tekken World Tour and, you know, the Capcom, uh, Capcom Cup. Um, a lot of the, like, it's either been postponed or it's being cancelled altogether. Like uh, there was a master's event for the Tekken World Tour that was meant to be taking place in May and I was uh, scheduled to go there. Uh, it, was, it was in Sweden. It's called Head Stomper and it's kind of just, it's had to, you know, you know, it's been forced to be postponed kind yeah. of thing. Um, what a lot of people like uh, haven't realized, especially in the FGC as well, is that obviously we're all seeking like refunds and stuff. But uh, the truth is, is that well, like I may have like got a refund for my hotel. I've told uh, the organizers that I don't want a refund on the tournament itself because I know how much cost it it 
you know, it takes for them to even plan these events and where the money gets locked up to. So for all these TOs and organizers to survive, it's kind of like you have to, like, in good faith and it's a goodwill gesture, just leave them with the money to so that yeah. they can, like, the next year create an event. And this is, like, kind of the thought wave that a lot of FGC people are now developing. Uh, some of us have even gone the route of uh, planning online tournaments and online content creation uh, and streams and stuff to fundraise for these organizers that are suffering from all the people, you know, having to get refunds because of the event being canceled, unfortunately. So um, it's a very odd time for the FGC because mm-hmm. how events are, uh, especially for the FGC, they're not quite at that sustainable level yet. Mm. So I, it's kind of like trying to find a way to make it so that they can come back the next year without being severely in debt. And I guess it depends on like what games. I've seen a few, um, I don't really follow that much esports that closely, but I've seen a few tournaments that have been um, sort of shifted to online. But with fighting games, obviously that's a lot harder because there's so much... Um, issues with lag and things over yeah. like doing it yeah. online um, so it does like make you think of what backup plans can esports that doesn't run well online and can't be run as well online uh, need to have in place to do as a substitute yeah. uh, if anything like this fingers crossed it doesn't but if anything like that largely affects the world and we do have to sort of yeah there's a lot of more like a lot more online tournaments that are now spawning especially just to raise funds for the actual offline tournaments and masters events and stuff like that that uh you know had to be cancelled or postponed just you know but (laughs) we're basically we're trying our best to kind of uh overcome this as a community and i think that's a great part of the fgc especially the offline community really does like care a lot about making sure that uh it survives and the future of this survives yeah i mean that's that's a really nice uh gesture and like as a event organizer admittedly on a much smaller scale but just being aware of all the the logistical like costs and hassle that goes into planning an event just regardless like an event that actually happens but just having to sort of move things around and uh, when you have to cancel an event, it's just it, it's just like a nightmare for that. Um, so that's that's good. Ever. Yeah, pretty much because yeah, what do you do? And, and especially when it's just something that's so out of your control, and you've got to take into account like obviously the, the attendees, but then uh, the staff, the venue, like all the promotion you've prepared for up until that point, all the work that's gone into it, and yeah, so it's good to hear that there's some like uh sort of community rallying uh going on and and i guess some understanding and i think in in this situation is just you know we, we've seen sort of examples of <laughs> companies and sort of what not to do in this situation but uh i think for the most part you have companies that are just like doing their best and and the awareness that cancelling the event sort of impacts on like said, so like just people, people's jobs, it was people's uh, financial security, and all that. So, uh, yeah, that's that's really good to see. And like, as well as all the, like, I've seen because um, uh, I'm a uh, football fan, so I've seen like uh, players from uh, Barcelona uh, and the Spanish league sort of take part in a FIFA tournament. 
um so things like that happening and i guess in a in a weird way like this is gonna have some impact on again video games seen as a legitimate like pastime even though obviously we know it is but when you have the world like impacting uh, impacted in this way and whether it's uh, f1 drivers or uh, professional footballers turn into these video games and it just gives it sort of that i don't know validation i don't even want to use that word but you know just uh just in the mainstream just people see oh, okay i can we can play video games that's a way and it helps people to stay indoors and keep safe i think it helps to like change the face of video games as well mm-hmm. um and help to sort of like change the narrative around like who plays video games and what that looks like um because you know it's still very much seen like i have people like literally had someone tell me um today uh well if you play video games how are you going to get like a proper boyfriend and i'm like what and then they were like yeah like real men don't play video games i mean i was i was live so i had a few guys that play video games and they're like i play video games and i'm a businessman and it has nothing to do with like oh. what the hell well, I, and i literally had to say like uh, we don't accept that attitude here like there's that's just like not okay for men or women like <laughs> or anyone else like it's a pastime like what do you do in your spare there, time um are some stuff? pro players as well who are like you know they go to the gym they have you know full-time employment and they're one of like the top tier like players and yeah. you know, they have a, a full life around it and then you just like you can't date a real man i'm like what what's that supposed to look yeah. like you know, that, <laughs> what is that right now what does that even mean like what even <laughs> but yeah oh, so and, but it just shows that there still really is a lot of people like it's not the first time i've had a comment like that you know it's not that it's still people don't really see it but you know um this is definitely changing uh, during this time because now everyone's stuck at home. They're kind of at the point where it's like, oh, I've watched enough TV. And, you know, as much as there's a lot of good shows out there, you kind of need something that's a bit more active for your brain um, because you will get get bored. And, and video games are a very, you know, active, like, form of entertain, like, mind-wise active form of entertainment. Um, I mean, they can be physically active as well. I was playing Ring Fit earlier. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like, it's a great hobby and pastime to have. And and this is, you know, actually, you know, games are being talked about a lot in the media right now because it's like, here's one of the things you can do. (laughs) Mm. Um, And it will help. It's captivating and will help you interact with other people and... Um, you know, have tasks to do and uh, like you can avoid, um, it can help you cope with things like depression uh, because you can have goals and tasks when you might be like out of work or temporarily out of work at the moment. And it can be hard, uh, but that gives you some sort of sense of achievement where you're like, woo, I, you know, done whatever in this game. Definitely. I paid uh, off my mortgage in Animal Crossing. Like that would ever happen. <laughs> is that, is that a real thing? 
yes, it is. That's a real thing. And you pay off your um, loans as well. <laughs> okay, hold on. We need to we need to discuss this because so I've not played an Animal Crossing game, and I need to I need to be educated on this because I'm just seeing so much Animal Crossing content, and you just told me you can pay a mortgage in Animal Crossing, so now I need more context. Kind uh, of like what is going on? <laughs> so is it you just have a? By the way, this is the part of the show that's purely for me. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So you basically you have like an island, and then you build a house, and you just like maintain that house. You have an island, then you have a tent on an island, and then okay. you pay to have basically make a house out of it. <laughs> and then you pay to expand your house and then you pay to expand it even further with multiple floors <laughs> and multiple rooms and wait, then you have to pay for all the footage the <laughs> huh? what's the currency in the game like what's the economy here? it's called bells, bells and nook miles so nook miles don't pay for anything to do with the house really except for the beginning but bells is the currency of animal crossing altogether and how does one acquire these spells Sell fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Sell fruit on other people's islands. <laughs> All right. Okay. So what? So if I'm playing a game, does like do your islands come into my game? Can I go to your island and like hang uh, out? In this game, like beforehand, it used to be a train station, but in this game in particular, it's an airport. So what you do is that you, um, especially if you, you know, you have a switch and you have all your friends on there, you can uh, talk to the dodo which technically is uh like your a lich with gold. you're checking yeah dodos that can't fly okay. flying airplanes right we got this <laughs> i see what they did there <laughs> extinct as well but uh we won't talk about that part so yeah you talk to um uh, basically the dodo at the check-in desk and you tell him that you want to open up your airport uh, for visitors and you can open up to either everyone on your friends list everyone overall uh, you can okay. create a dodo so you code run, you so you can even have island. specific you're not just, people like yeah. you actually run this island you're not just like the unofficial mayor can... of things yes okay. you know I like that alright we need a crown but you know we can go buy that but that's a lot of money right now <laughs> <laughs> wow okay I need to yeah I feel like I've just missed the uh the animal crossing uh frenzy and i feel like out of place now but I might have oh, to and get it's, also event it. it's definitely very very much going on okay <laughs> my timeline on twitter at the moment is like the world's impending doom animal crossing impending yeah. doom, animal crossing <laughs> i got a bit of that as well like there's a there's a section of society that is just chilled with the whole coronavirus situation because they're in animal crossing so you know who really cares <laughs> and i would have in that since it's the first of april animal crossing now has an event called bunny day okay to do with easter eggs growing yeah. on trees <laughs> but you know <laughs> it's all cathartic well, at the end of the day. do not hmm all right, so yeah, that was the Educate Nigel on a video game section of the show. <laughs> Maybe that can be a new. Yeah, yeah. Just, so I don't Nigel get... stream just... Animal Crossing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do, do people want to see that? I don't know if people want to see that. But I would let's watch. not give people ideas. Yes. From beginning to end, I would watch. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's move on before like I get myself into something. <laughs>
just, uh, just to let you guys know, I just want to give a heads up. We are going to get into a Xbox uh, PlayStation debate, but I want to save that till a bit later, Ooh. just because we're all, we're all friends right now, and I like that to stay how it is uh, as possible. So before we get there, uh, one thing I did want to mention, and I thought, again, this would be pure for me, but I understand, uh, Akira, you've played Half-Life. A long time ago. <laughs> yes, too, too long ago. All right, so you're going to feel me on this. How did you feel when a new Half-Life game was announced, uh, but it was VR? Um, I feel like the only word I could use to describe it was vex. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Half-Life, just the whole game series, has such a cult following. And when I first played it, it was one of the first games I played. I was like, wow, this is this game is really interesting. I didn't know games could be like this. I want to play the next one. Oh, there isn't the next one. And this was in like 2014. So it's a good how many years after like the first game came out. <laughs> But like everybody else, I patiently waited. And then Valve said, oh, we've, got, we've got another Half-Life coming out. So I was like, oh, this is great. Because Valve, you also owe me Left 4 Dead 3. So you gotta, you got to move something. <laughs> like, I'm waiting. And then it was VR. I'd... <laughs> I feel like I could have cried. I didn't cry, guys. I didn't cry, but I could have cried. And people are like, are you going to give up? And I feel like I can't give up now. I've waited so many You're years. In. I've got yeah. to keep going. All right. So uh, I feel like I've got to explain Half-Life a bit because it's been so long that there is literally a generation of people who may not even be aware of this game. If they're but, not, they've literally messed everything gaming because I feel like every news article like each year at Gamescom is like, when That's Half-Life true, 3 when coming, out. Like coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. What's this mystical Half-Life 3? <laughs> I just remember playing it on the PS2, though. That was such a... So long ago. <laughs> yeah, it's too, too long. But, so, yeah, Half-Life being this, like, I guess groundbreaking is the word to use, like, uh, first-person shooter where you play uh, Gordon Freeman, the silent protagonist. Mm-hmm. And if I remember, and apologies, because my memory... Is gets rocky after like five years, let alone uh, 13. But you're in this kind of, it wasn't quite post-apocalyptic, but it's very, um, I don't know what the, what the word is. Like it was very like lockdown, kind of a bit like what we're living in now. But um, it's too relevant. It, it, yeah, actually. Just I'm thinking about that opening sequence because you actually go through the world and you see like uh, soldiers or like the police kind of, uh, beating people down and like keeping people in their houses and then you meet up with uh sort of like freedom fighters that are led or not led but one of them is called alex uh, alex vance and she is now the protagonist in this vr game but the thing about half-life 2 and what valve used to do is they'd introduce new mechanics into the game that would kind of set the standard for sort of the industry as a whole and in half-life 2 they brought forward the gravity gun and at that time just like physics in video games was a thing that wasn't the most accurate but in this gravity gun that let you you, like pick up and fire uh, objects in the world and let you kind of progress and like deal with puzzles in the world it was just a groundbreaking thing that things and then they built upon it with um uh portal which is another fantastic game. So yeah, I I was the same. Like I was waiting for more Half Life, and on one hand, I'm 
I'm glad that they're bringing out a new game, but as someone who doesn't own any um, VR equipment, I'm kind of like, oh, I can't really take part in that. So I feel kind of left out. As someone that has not played Half-Life properly, I've watched it. I bought it for my friend uh, for his birthday a couple years back. Obviously, he'd played it a lot before. I bought it because it was one of his favorite games. Okay. Um, and just knowing a lot of its history and how much it has, like, um, how much it did sort of, like, make an impact on how games are made, um, it excites me that the the newest Half-Life is on VR because that means that Valve have invested in VR and believe it to be, like, the next turning point in gaming Okay. Uh, and as a big, like, really want VR to be, like, really mainstream person, um, it's like, wow, uh, if they're doing it, loads of developers are going to follow suit. Uh, yeah. So and... Valve do have their own VR system, right? Yeah. Okay. I think it's literally called Steam VR. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... I think at the moment it's on a, like it's sold out everywhere because they had loads of issues with production for obvious reasons. Um, sure. Yeah, everything's okay. So, China. will you be looking to get this? Yes, I've watched some gameplay. I, I mean, I was already like, I want to get VR. It was just a case of not being able to afford it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, not having a, uh, and I was like looking into options of like, do I get a PlayStation 4 and get PSVR? VR? Do I like upgrade my PC and get VR? Um, but looking at the, the Steam VR, I'm like, oh, that might be a good option. But, you know, it's like a not right now thing, but definitely yeah. wait, wait a bit. There are a lot of good fun VR games, um, but not a lot of campaign VR games. Um, yeah, this feels and, like a quote-unquote proper game. Yeah, exactly. And this is like, I've watched a bit of game. It looks beautiful. Mm. Like, a lot of the VR I've played is, like, really fun and engaging and, yeah. like, mechanics-wise, pretty good. Um, but, like, graphics-wise, it's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like groundbreaking it's not you know it's like nintendo level of you know graphics no but we all know that nintendo aren't the pioneers on like pushing yeah. it's not their priority it's not their priority you know yeah. gameplay is uh, and we love them for it um but yeah, but like Half Life just looks like, like it just looks great. It looks amazing, and it's a full on chunky campaign game, and it's a shooter, which is like a great way for VR or well, puzzle shooter, right? Um, yeah. So. It's a great way to make use of things you can do in VR, like picking stuff up and moving stuff and as well aiming and shooting. And it just looks good. And it's like if this is if this is the starting point of like the real like starting like kickstarting point of VR, then can't wait. 
Okay. So, <laughs> do you, wait. Um, does anyone else like own a VRs? Like, played a lot of VR games? Like, what's the feeling on VR in in the room, the virtual room? I'm going to take that as a no. No one. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't own a VR. Um, nor have I ever tried one, but I want okay. to. I do want to get a VR. I feel like what's stopping you? Um, I don't think I feel like it's like 3D. When I first watched um, Avatar, was the first film I watched in 3D. Yeah, I liked it, but I don't think they're there yet in regards to technology. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, we wanted to get a 3D TV, like a 3D compatible TV, whatever at home, but we were just like, they haven't perfected that technology yet. And I think that's how I feel about VR. They're they're doing well, but I feel I still feel there's too many hiccups for me to invest in it right now. Okay. And what about over on Streamcast Land? Is yeah. anyone on there? So um none of us own any VR uh, equipment, but we have had um some luck working with some uh brands that do. Um so we've played some VR games, uh including um Beat Saber and Elven Assassin. And I think it's Arizona Sunset as well. Uh, yeah. Is that what it's called? I think so. Arizona Sunset Sunshine. Sunset or Sunshine. Yes, Sunshine. Sorry, it. I always get it wrong like every single time. <laughs> uh, and um, we've, we've literally had a blast playing those games. Uh, so I don't know what it is. I really enjoyed playing VR at that place. Um, but I don't think I would make the plunge to buy an entire VR set for myself. Mm-hmm. Um I think there are a number of reasons. I think one, I think Annabelle touched on it, it's not where it needs to be for it to be like a household thing. I think mm-hmm. they're almost there. But I think with this next generation of gaming, they might perfect VR. And I don't know if that's going to be a, a an Oculus Rift thing or a Sony thing or even a Microsoft thing. But I think in the next few years, uh, a light bulb moment is going to happen with a gaming company and they're going to find that thing that VR is yeah. missing to make it the the next worldwide um, bestseller. And uh, for me, VR seems very single-player-oriented. Even though we've played multiplayer games... Who's going to have, like, three ex- different VR sets yeah, yeah, can you at the same that? time? Yeah. Exactly. The money is not that long. <laughs> and no one's got the, you know, the, the money for, like, four or five or six setups in their own house. So it's a bit... Um, it, it's not fit for purpose financially. Mm. I think that's another reason why I wouldn't um, take the plunge and get a VR set for myself. I think there's also the physical aspect as well. Like I don't know if everyone's played it, but the first time I played it, and actually a couple of times after that, playing it made me feel really sick. Yeah, like, actually, yeah. It really disorientates well. like your vision, yeah. like my hands and everything that was shaking because it really puts you outside of your body. And I think mm. for people who <laughs> naturally get dizzy or right. lightheaded and stuff, that's not healthy at all because I was only on for like 10 minutes, but it I really think- shook me up. If you're already susceptible to like uh, kind of like any sort of like motion sickness or dizziness, it can be really can really affect you. And it also very much depends on games. Like for some people, one game will they cannot do and then another game they can't. Um, And because I like worked in a VR arena for a while uh, over Christmas. And it's like really interesting seeing everyone's different reactions, especially like smaller kids are a great way to gauge a game. Um, but 
yeah, one thing I wanted to touch on was that you said that there's not much multiplayer with it um, without having multiple setups, but there is. <laughs> is there? Yeah, yeah, so there's VR a lot of chat. games, not just VR chat, but like in, so if you've got a household and there's like five of you in that household with just one VR set, there's a lot of games that uh, sort of like interact with the like you have one person in the VR and then the other people are interacting with them in various ways, depending on the game. Um, PlayStation have a really good like game on their VR system that has like loads of mini games where uh, one person's in VR and other people have controllers and there's like various mini games you have to do. Um, there was a horror game in the store I worked at. I cannot remember the name of it. Uh, which is I really I really would love to stream it because mm -hmm. you can interact you can log in on your phone and a bit like Jackbox games or something where you log in with, with your phone and then affect the game so they're in, okay. in the VR and you can literally scare them right. <laughs> um, or like games where you have to communicate so you see one thing on the screen and they see one thing in VR uh, and you have to like communicate things like that um, so there are a lot of ways that VR can be multiplayer with just one That headset. feels like the only practical I, way because to expect like multiple people to invest that much in the headset. But I think if they make use of the devices that people already have to impact the game and make it a multiplayer experience, that just makes sense. Yeah, and it's so much fun. It's hilarious. It's like modern day charades, but you're not acting stuff out. But you know what I mean? That mm. kind of interaction that you have when you play charades. Yeah, like one person's person. a centaur and yeah. then everyone else is, yeah, like around them. Um, so, yeah, that mm. that kind of aspect's pretty fun. Cool. Yeah, I think I, I've yet to... I've, I've tried VR, but I've not been sold on it uh, so far. But I think with... Uh, so the one thing I will say for, like, Valve and Half-Life Alex is... Valve, like with Half-Life 2, they, they set standards and sort of the industry followed to a certain extent. So I feel like if you're someone who is is like into VR, this is like a really positive move because this is uh, Valve using the technology. Uh, and what they are good at is introducing new technology and integrating it well into the game. So when they had the gravity gun, it was integral to being able to navigate the world and solve puzzles and make progress in the game so i imagine with half-life alex it'll sort of that vr element will be integral to uh, the game and just let people know okay this is what you can do in vr in like a in a fully fledged way so yeah it could be like a sort of one of those moments where you look back and you go okay that's where you know vr started to become like a, a more essential uh, thing in gaming um all right so I want to just take the temperature of the room and before we get into this uh, next generation PlayStation Xbox thing, just see what consoles everyone has, just so we can get all our biases on the table and people can make their own judgments. So uh, I have, I own a PlayStation 4 at the moment. Uh, Tazzy, what do you have? I own a Xbox One at the moment. Okay. Uh, Annabelle? Is it what consoles we have or what, yeah, yeah. what, consoles? what we game on? 
Okay, I have a Switch and a PlayStation 4. I have a PlayStation cool. 1, 2, 3, and 4. Okay, okay. there yeah. you go. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rose? Uh, same as uh, Annabelle, 1, 2, 3, 4, and a Switch. <laughs> Switch, okay, cool. Um, yeah, Isaac, what have you got? Uh, I've got a PlayStation and a Switch. And I've got most of the old consoles as well. I just don't play them anymore. Okay. Uh, Akira? Um, I have a PlayStation 3, but I'm more of a PC gamer. Fair enough. Yep. And Andy? I've got a PS4 and a Switch. Okay. Cool. I, did... I just wanted to get that out. Okay. I just want to point out, I didn't realise we were going to do, like, collections. Um, oh, you, you've got more to I say. Thought we was go- yeah, I thought we were going to go, for, like, in this sort of, like, out So, so did Xbox, I, so... but... So I'm like Xbox One, Switch, PC, PS3, and then previous generations. I'm just going to say that. Just cool. If we're going old school, I also have my Game Boy and a DS. <laughs> <Wow. Yeah. laughs> I just have everything. But yeah, just to say that, like, like I'm wait not, a minute. I'm <laughs> All right, cool. I just wanted to, yeah, get it out so everyone knows. Um, I, I also have a, a Switch, so I forgot to mention that. Um, all right, so looking forward into the next generation, we had the uh, the reveals for Xbox uh, Series X and the PlayStation 5. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, the PlayStation, just because they had a whole sort of more recent like actual announcement did anyone watch that yeah uh what did you think uh it felt like a lecture (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay if you didn't watch it you're lucky (laughs) (laughs) i i also watched it and it was yeah it was heavy on the details there was a lot there was a lot in there and i definitely came away feeling like i should have revised for it um, <laughs> i didn't but but i feel what happened so yeah so playstation had their reveal and uh mark cerny the uh, video game designer sort of got up for what was it like a, an hour and yeah. went into into serious detail on the technical aspects of the ps5 and yeah and I, I think i don't know i i feel like they didn't quite read the room of what people were expecting and gave that instead of what people wanted to see was like the highlights but i feel what happened is with um gdc being cancelled earlier in the year i think what happened is sony just gave their gdc talk so uh, gdc the games developer conference which by its nature is a more technical conference and you've got developers talking about the technical aspects of games and making games uh, and all that so without the ability to have that event uh, obviously they must have prepared for it yeah i think they've just given their gdc talk uh obviously what people <laughs> were waiting for especially a lot of people on twitter that i saw were just like the headlines and some game footage and some some visuals yeah. but we didn't get that but uh, we did get like I said, a lot of details, uh, and we got information on sort of the uh, the processor, the graphics. They talked a lot about uh, 3D sound and how that's going to impact. They talked about the solid state uh, hard drive and what impact 
that will be on uh, game loading. So, you know, once you've had a chance to dig through, uh, or if you're like me, just watch the video of someone rounding up, like, the essential takeaways, what do people think about the PlayStation 5? How do you feel about it? I have no well, idea what I like, so I cannot right. judge it. Uh, Annabelle, <laughs> you go first. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't watch it, but I'm getting it anyway. I mean... GTA can just be like, we're releasing number six, and I'll be like, okay, where's okay. the pre-order? Yeah. <laughs> you had me at PlayStation 5, you don't even have to say yeah. I'm already there, first person. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Tati, do you wanna, what, do you, what do you think about it? Um, yeah, like, I have no idea what it looks like. So, like, I, I'm probably going to get the PlayStation 5 sooner than I'll get the Xbox Series X because I already have an Xbox One and okay. I don't have a PlayStation 4, especially since they've got backwards compatibility, um, which is the big reason why I chose an Xbox One over a PS4 Um sort of this generation. Uh, I had a fully planned to get a PS4, just my Xbox One has like, just kept pumping games at me and at a really low or free cost. So oh, <laughs> I'm like, I have this, yeah, I have this massive backlog and like a lot of my friends are on it. So it's like, I had like less and less of an appeal to get a PS4. Cause I was like, oh, I got a PS3. Um, but the PS5, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of PS4 games that I want to play. Uh, it's backwards compatible. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to get a PS4, but just never got around to it. So maybe I should go so for a PS5. Yeah. Defer, defer the decision a generation later. Yeah. And um, I've still got my Xbox One. I'll still probably mainly game on that. But there's a lot of exclusives that PlayStation have that I'll, I'm missing out on. Yeah. All right. So, are there any of the PlayStation owners? Uh, I'm gonna assume you'd be interested in the PlayStation Five. Is there anyone who, given the details we've seen from the Xbox Series X, who might be thinking about getting that console instead? Have you seen anything from Microsoft to make you think about switching uh, consoles the next generation? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Done. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. That's been episode of Star Wars. <laughs> I'm guessing none of you have ever played Halo. I'm not a fan of Halo. I'm not interested. Sorry. I am um, <laughs> into the narrative games. So things like God of War and Spider Man have always sold it for me. Uh, even The Last of Us. Great games. Horizon uh, Zero Dawn. Uh, yeah. All of those games are what brings yes. me to PlayStation. Exclusives. <laughs> narrative driven exclusives. Right, so... I like, I'm so not that caught up on exclusives. I'm like, there's so <laughs> many games in the world for like. But that's just me. It's like I'm such a like start a game, not finish it person. Um, that like I'm like there's I so think... many stories I can I can have out like, and I I'm so bad at completing games just anyway. So like Last of Us really held my attention, but it still took me a while. I stopped for a while and then came back to it. Um, so like it's like okay, cool. Like, I can go with or without. I've started a lot of exclusives on PlayStation. I have friends with PlayStations. It's not like I've been Some starved. Of your best friends are PlayStation, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like my best friend <laughs> is opposed <laughs> to Nona. So um and I like I've started like I've started Horizon Zero Dawn. Great game. Ah. But again, like I'm playing through about I have I've had to start a list of games I've started and not finished. Like <laughs> games are on so it's like, yeah, they're great, but there's so many games, you know? So it's not like a console seller for me. Apart from a Switch, like that's different. Like Nintendo is a whole different exclusive. Yeah, Nintendo is like always. Not even gonna. Yeah, I'm always gonna have a Nintendo console. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's just like I totally get it. I'm I'm not like a. I really hate like the idea of there being a war on consoles because I just want everyone to play good games that they enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna keep this discussion civil and like argue on the merits. So I'm like, eh. Okay. Fair. <laughs> My so experience no, has been great and, on Xbox. I don't love so no one, no one, none of the other PlayStation owners are interested in in changing consoles. I'm not changing. I'm getting both. That's Yeah, the ultimate peace uh, peace option is get both. So what I noticed from looking at sort of both of their reveals because really like the the technical specs are quite similar i mean uh there was this debate like for a while about like um uh was it teraflops uh and the xbox series x having more meh um and then i think the ssd on the playstation is slightly lower capacity but i think like practically speaking they're like pretty much the same but what i notice is uh and Rose, you sort of touched on this, is like differing strategies from Microsoft and uh, Sony, where I see Microsoft sort of betting on the service uh, of games, games as a service and like access to games. So like Tazzy, you said you've got uh, Game Pass. um, So that lets you sort of, well, actually just, yeah, just explain what Game Pass is and and why it, it, it impacts your decision. Um, so Game Pass, uh, you pay like a monthly subscription. Um, it bunches up with your online, so your live, um, and you have like a catalog of games that you can download on your console um, and play. Uh, you do have to be connected to the internet while you play them, but they it doesn't have to be like a great connection. It's just so that it can check in that you have the license. Um, and yeah, and then you've just got like this whole library of games. Uh, they're con- continuously adding new games. Uh, unfortunately, some games do like get taken out once in a while, but then you get them on discount if you really enjoyed them. You can get them really cheap after to keep. Mm. Um, but yeah, you just have like this continuous wave of games that you can to play. Uh, and it also means that all of their uh, Xbox exclusives uh, or Microsoft, uh, any of them like indie. Um, indie studios that are under them uh, all their yeah. games will be on Game Pass on release um, and for yeah. me that's great I play a lot of games there's a lot of games I want to just try and it's kind of like having this like un- like oh, I don't know it's like this unlimited <laughs> power of gaming <laughs> yeah it's it's like because um, I think the was it last year's E3 like the big thing about Microsoft's uh, conference is they announced they were buying up a whole bunch of uh developers like studios 
which I feel is like a play towards this, basically mm. just giving you the service and then having a bunch of games for you to play. So I kind of, I found it similar in the way, uh, so when Disney uh, brought Fox, like everyone was talking about uh, Fantastic Four and um, X-Men coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is true and that's great. But I think a large part of that deal was the acquisition of all Fox's content for Disney Plus. So you can now watch like The Simpsons on Disney Plus and all the stuff that was on Fox. So I saw that as a similar thing when Microsoft announced we bought all these studios. Uh, they're getting ready to bring out a whole bunch of games that uh, Game Pass owners can just like dip in and out of, uh, like you say. Um, and then the other thing I saw them an announce, I, don't know, I think they announced it before is the uh, Microsoft X Cloud or Project X Cloud. Do you know much about that? Yeah, I know a little bit. Um, so I had the pleasure of going to XO19. Um, I actually oh, cool. won some tickets. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was just like a really well put together event. It was exciting. Um, and they did have like some XCloud demos there. And boy, does it run smooth. <laughs> um, and it's literally a case that you play... Uh, xbox games on your like mobile device whatever is it like stadia but xbox is implementation but... <laughs> yeah, <and works>. yeah. <laughs> um yeah kind of so yeah um but you play games that you own so you log into your Microsoft account on xCloud. It doesn't play it from your Xbox. They have like their own server Xboxes running. Yeah. Um, so you have like, re like some of it was playing better than it plays on my Xbox because I've got like an older Xbox. Um, yeah. So, and it was, I was like, oh my God, please. And every time I, <laughs> I'm lying in bed <laughs> and I don't have a TV in my room or anything. Um, I don't like it's kind of like a tech free zone but I've got apart from my phones in there and I'm like oh do you know what I just I just want to spend like half an hour lying in bed on like Jurassic World I just want to I just want to see to my dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I really want xCloud <laughs> please <laughs> yeah, it does look like the whole streaming thing is being yeah. done properly it's great like it's a great thing that like if you do have an xbox and you do enjoy an xbox and you like um like sort of xbox games and halo and other games because they have those as well um that it's kind of like a bit of an ecosystem like apple is uh that it's like oh i can just go across all of this um because like game pass as well is you can get the ultimate one which gives you access to like pc games okay like, like from the Microsoft, there's like set Xbox Game Pass games on PC. Um, so yeah, it's just like this whole world of like, it's just easy to exist in. Yeah, I get that. Uh, and um, it's nice that they have me, like I feel like I'm just nice and cozy and I'll go and visit so <laughs> while to play PlayStation, you know? Like even if I get a PS5, yeah, like Xbox is probably still gonna be my main console which is crazy i used to be like so anti-xbox and they um, got you and then yeah when i got <laughs> connect on the 360 phew, connect was great <laughs> yeah and for then, a while for a little while 
Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, even the new one was great, but they just didn't do what it what it was capable of. Like mm. they just did not utilize it. Um, yeah. No. Like I like having an Xbox. All right. Uh, so then, PlayStation yeah. owners, did any of that convince you? X Cloud, Game Pass. Nope. Okay. All right. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So, like I said, the the I see the two companies like different strategies. So you've got Microsoft services, uh, how you access games, and it feels like PlayStation are very much doubling down on the sort of exclusive, like I guess largely story driven experience games that work on your console. Uh, so things like uh, I think someone mentioned uh, Last of Us. Uh, God of War, uh, Horizon, Zero Dawn, last year, not last year, the year before, uh, when they were at E3, they announced another uh, set of games, uh, one of them's uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which really stood out to me. So it feels like they're they're really going into these like high-quality, uh, first-party exclusive games. And I guess that's where the lines are being drawn to a certain extent. So I think I, I always found, because I, I tend not to play that many games like if I look over uh, over a year. So I'm drawn more to the kind of just give me a, a great experience and let me just like enjoy that. I also take a while to uh, complete games, but yeah, just give me that experience and um, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy. So are there any like particular first party games like people are like really into either you've already played or like you're playing at the moment uh god of wars one yeah uh, spider-man a lot of the playstation exclusives this generation have been really really good um horizon zero dawn um, I'm very much looking forward to Ghost of Tsushima. I know it's been delayed for like five years, <laughs> but they are finally giving us the game that we want. Um, but are they? They are. Oh, controversy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are, are they really? Are they really? <laughs> How well do you know Sony? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> um, just to like slightly derail this, I think there was a point in time when a lot of companies, uh, take it back like maybe three or four years ago, they literally, not even literally, they, they thought that uh, the narrative types of games, especially the co-op narrative types of games are dying. Mm, and that yeah. that's where, um, obviously, they were horribly wrong because there's a huge market of people that still want to play that. Because I know that competitive games are, you know, a, a huge appeal. And even then, like, you know, you pick up those games, you play those games, but, you know, uh, it, it wasn't, it's kind of like they were basing all their decisions at one point on the fact that the narrative-based audience that want these story-driven games are dying when it really wasn't. And, yeah. they, you know, um, A Way Out is actually, you know, what EA produced uh, with one of the studios. Uh, a Way Out is actually a very good example of a co-op narrative-driven game that exceeded all expectations and it was brilliant for a short yeah. game it was really great i'd never mm. played it but i did i remember seeing that that's an interesting idea yeah I... um it was really you can see what uh your your, your co 
player is uh, doing as well. So the whole couch play type of styles of games have always been um, a huge appeal to me. It just reminds me of nostalgia and stuff mm. like that. I massively agree with you. Like, I love a co-op story game. Um, so I've like, me and my partner have played through all of the the whole Halo series. Um, we're just on five at the moment um, together, but we had an issue of just, there was a point where it was, they went in that direction of like story-driven games are not, not what people want. But then they also went to like, oh, story-driven games are just solo games. It's like, yeah, a good yeah. co-op is like so much fun. Like two of you just, getting through a game it's kind of like that you know when you're watching a netflix series with someone and you yeah. cannot watch the next episode without yeah them. like yeah they I need want... to bring more more yeah, I... co-op campaigns yeah definitely yeah. I want more of that like driven story that i can just enjoy with someone um it's one of the reasons why i started streaming because there were so many single player games that i felt like i just wanted to share those experiences with people mm. Um, I get that. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that they have like realized that there are people that do want to play sort of the narrative-driven games because I I agree with Rose. It did feel like there was a big swing towards. I we have to make it sort of online multiplayer. um, Forget a story, or that's an afterthought. Uh, And like for me, like I'm terrible at games. Um, No one knows that because I play like story-driven games so i just play it by myself and you can't see all the mistakes <laughs> i'm making um in fact the first time i played overwatch was at annabelle's event in the microsoft store and i got exactly. um i got one round out of well out of all of them it doesn't matter how many rounds i got one so um but yeah uh, so I, I do like the kind of the community aspects of online games in, in the right setting with the right uh, people, but uh, sort of, I guess, a bias as someone who creates story. I'm always interested in what the story is and and going mm-hmm. to that experience. So for me, like uh, the the two that stand out uh, immediately in the the most recent future is so um, uh, God of War and Last of Us, which were just amazing sort of story driven. Uh, games and, and experiences that just like stuck with me uh, so yeah I, I kind of feel that it's good to see those coming back and someone investing in them uh, and then obviously if you add in like the co-op element where you've got people who can play together on the same game uh, in the same room uh, again that's something that like I remember some of my uh, best gaming experiences were on the N64 and GoldenEye and just having that split screen <laughs> and just like hanging out with friends and like that that aspect is is something I'd like to see uh, in this next generation kind of like yeah it was keep a space for I only just played uh, multiplayer GoldenEye for the first time recently. Oh really? Well I don't know when did we go four quarters? I don't know well me streamcasters and, and one of our friends went four quarters okay. How was I'm great like? at it. That was in January, really? I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was January, was it? How did it yeah. hold up? Oh, it was really fun. <laughs> so fun. Like, obviously the game's old, so it looks a certain type of way, but it was so yeah. fun to play. <laughs> That's another um, way of putting yeah. it. <laughs> but it's still like, you know, 
it wasn't there's some games like older games that you're like oh uh i just can't get on with these controls whatsoever this is not aged well at all not even as like a throwback um but that was that was like a nice like throwback retro game to play mainly because i'm good at (laughs) (laughs) that always helps if you're really good at a game yeah definitely (laughs) cool okay um so one of the things that i wanted to uh, well actually just to touch on that just playstation uh xbox point just to wrap that up is yeah i do feel that it's going to be a uh yeah kind of a choice i mean obviously you can go the annabelle route and get both Uh, i'm going to consider that as well but uh, a choice between if you want that investment in the sort of narrative driven game or like if it's the services and the convenience of uh being able to access your games on your console your phone or pc um, so it'll be interesting to see like how those uh strategies play out in the next generation and sort of what results uh the one i wanted to uh sort of bring up still is nintendo and how how do you think they fit into this next generation um i think that nintendo are in a really weird place so Oftentimes, I would compare PlayStation and Xbox like they are playing very much the same sport and they're trying to compete for mm. their primary console. And what you'll find is a lot of people will have either a PS4 and a Switch or an Xbox One and a Switch. So mm. people are getting Switches. And uh, if you look back to the last generation, the Wii outsold the PS3 and the Xbox 360. So yes. I think a lot of people are buying Nintendo consoles and it might not be their primary console, but people well, are spending a lot of uh, hours into it. And I everyone, think like you said, if they've got the, if you're getting an Xbox and a Switch or a PlayStation Switch, isn't Switch winning? Because <laughs> everyone's, <laughs> yeah, everyone's got, everyone's got a Switch, and I think they've done really great with the Switch because, like you said, like everyone had a Wii in their house, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I don't think I'm. I don't know any like people that don't play games had a Wii in their house. Like it was just a staple. It just went with your TV. Like, or and like and then with like the DS as well. Like so many people just had a DS. Um, and then the Switch is like the perfect. They've really created something really great here because it's I got agree. the handheld element and the and the docked element, and then they've got the light for people that really just want a handheld. Um, and, and I think they're just going to has a switch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think there yeah. is a, so a massive real. appeal of uh, playing Pokemon on a large screen. Yeah, yeah. The last time that ever happened was those old school TVs with a GameCube where you could put yeah. the G- yeah. uh, GBA cartridge into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mainline game. Yeah. I was yeah. also like a big, big fan of like Colosseum, and I was like, why don't they not let, just make like. make the games like this the appeal of just having it on a large screen just being like yep this is pokemon right now (laughs) and still being able to like take it out of you and chill so do you think nintendo are gonna make a a console because we're saying like well the plan is for the xbox uh yeah xbox series x and uh playstation 5 to be released this year i guess we'll see how this our coronavirus situation will impact on like supply and eventual release but at some point sort of end of this year if not next year uh we'll get new next generation 
Microsoft and Sony consoles. So next year, does Nintendo stick with what they have? Do you see them sort of starting to think about their next console? I think their next console will just be another version of the Switch. And I think we can expect to see that for a long time. Because <laughs> have you it's seen the DS game. family? <laughs> <laughs> that went on forever. That's true. That's true, actually. Yeah. I think they only recently stopped like supporting and supporting it like, last year or recently. Yeah. Yeah. What, the DS Lite? Uh, yeah, is it? Are the they DS still? There's Animal Crossing DS Lite. Oh, so okay. The, I, I stand corrected. Like, <laughs> right, there you go. There you go. And that's not even... I was trying to get an Animal Crossing um, Nintendo Switch. And I was like, hold on, wait. Why am I only seeing a DS? What is this? How, how Are they still making DS? I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> ah, yeah, the Wild World uh, version of Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah so you know i think we can expect to just see you know a more powerful switch and switch, then yeah, a, yeah. maybe a lighter dockable i don't know <laughs> they'll just pull stuff yeah. out of a hat like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah nintendo was there nintendo are running their own race with yeah, you, yeah. so and it's working for them um so all right so we managed to get through that discussion without anyone being upset, uh, everyone's still cool, we're still friends. Uh, see, it can be done. There you go. Uh, all right. So as we come to the end of this uh, segment, I did want to sort of, I guess, bring it back to coronavirus, but just put out that obviously we've been, you know, we're forced into the situation. Where we've got a lot of time. Uh, so there's always that kind of aspect of, oh, I've got time to catch up on things. So I wanted to know from uh, everyone if you do have something in mind, like if there is a video game that you slept on and feel you might want to go, I was going to say go back to or like try now that you've got some measure of extra time. Uh, that would be my entire backlog, but I'll mention <laughs> <one>. <laughs> right? yeah. what's, what's number one on that backlog? Uh, Monster Hunter World right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Uh, I really want to complete I, Breath uh, of the Wild. Mm. Oh, wow. You know what? I, you just reminded me I need to finish that. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's my answer as well. Really? I should... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I started that, like, and I got pretty far, and then I just, I think I got God of War, and I got distracted completely. But... Uh, we I understand. You. Yeah, yeah, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got Breath of the Wild. Um, anything else? Uh, well, Nero Tomato has topped my list now, and I've got Final Fantasy fifteen downloaded, and I haven't touched it yet. So yeah. it's a good time. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me, Final Fantasy fifteen. I got it when it came out, and I don't even <laughs> think I got halfway through it. Like, it's not because I wasn't enjoying it. Just I did. I think something came out. I don't know. There's too many games. Too many games. <laughs> More work. Yeah. I think I'm just going to have to start it from the beginning. (laughs) Oh, it's that that long. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. All right. So, all right, cool. So, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, give you guys a reminder of the games that are in your list, just waiting for you to pay them some attention. So, uh, you're welcome (laughs) to that public service. (laughs) Um, All right. So, yeah, Uh, let us know what you think. Have you got some games in your backlog that you just, like, waiting to play now is the time 
literally you've got nothing else to do um so as we wrap up we're gonna just check in with all our guests and find out things that you've been work or that you are working on projects that you might have coming up um yeah let us know what you've been working on uh, should we start with streamcasters what have you guys been working on yeah so uh streamcast have been uh filming uh bits and pieces here and there for a little uh docuseries um but uh lately the uh filming process has come to a bit of a standstill because of the whole virus uh so uh there's that and we're keeping you know we're trying to work on that still uh, in the current climate um we've this virus has actually led to us uh, streaming regularly so <laughs> I, I guess that's something um so we are streaming on our youtube um and we are trying to get a dungeons and dragons campaign started but again the virus has put a hold on that so there are various projects that we've got uh we're just waiting for this virus to kind of loosen its grip I recently had my first Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Oh, how'd it go? Really well. We're done it over Discord, so that might be oh, something that's... to consider. Hmm. There's lots of online tools available. I'll link you after. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> um, okay, is that everything then for you guys? Isaac, do you want to talk about our website? Yeah, why not? Um... Just launched the website and literally anything you want to know about when it comes to video games, a lot of it is there. Uh, we do like bi-monthly posts um, with blogs relating to like the latest in games, uh, latest ones on Sekiro, five reasons why you should play it. Um, so yeah, uh, we're doing blog posts on our website. No, I think that was it. That was it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rose, have you got anything going on at the moment? Or coming up? Um, I, as of last year, towards the end of last year, I got sponsored as a streamer and content creator for an esports team called Brutal Democracy. Aside from what I told you guys the last time that we did a podcast, I founded a community called Divine Muses, which has since uh, been launched globally. Uh, which was originally dedicated to the European FGC for women, but since then we've uh, opened up for representation across groups and countries with full support of top uh, pro players across the world and have continued to focus on creating an environment for women to not only connect, bond and keep safe, but to support the hustle of our ladies even outside of the gaming sphere, whether it's just words or investing emotionally in the dreams of other ladies, we're all about that. (laughs) That sounds Uh, wonderful. We created a team Discord as well uh, with some of the content creators of um, the Divine Muses FGC group. So we're planning some top secret projects that will be released soon since we have nothing else to do. <laughs> Got a cheeky mention from Red Bull for supporting uh, pro player Arsenal and Ash's two-day event <laughs> as well. And I'm only a few months away from completing and passing my events management degree with the Events Academy. So the goal is to use the business knowledge to make gaming, especially FGC events, more sustainable. Uh, of course, we have to get past COVID-19 first, so. Yeah, <laughs> you get past that. That's, that's the ultimate test of sustainability. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. <laughs> a lot of great stuff. Um, we will put like any links 
in the description as well. Um, Annabelle, what's going on at your side? Hey there. Um, uh, loads of things actually. Uh, Meddling Gamers, are, um, we just rebranded our website. Yay! Thank you, Donovan. Ooh, that's great. MG three members, he did an amazing job um, redoing all our website color schemes and all of that sort of stuff. And um, we have some news coming out. I can't say it just yet, but we have some really good news coming out. And actually, it was before this that we were doing in the day, MG were doing, like, we've been working on it. Donovan's been working very hard. So it's Laura, Koye, and Alan. We've all been, like, the team's been really good because obviously we had a few events. We were supposed to be at EGX, Insomnia, and Comic-Con, and that, was, that got cancelled or rescheduled and stuff. So we're trying to do more things online in regards to that. Um, so that's what Meddling Gamers is up to. So we are up to something. <laughs> we're up to some stuff, but we can't. I can't say it right now because it's like I signed an NDA. All very, <laughs> all very top secret stuff. Very exciting. But um, we did do an interview. Well, I interviewed um, Leon Winkler, which was actually pretty amazing from Ubisoft. And just finding out it was part of our showcase. And so we, we're, do, we're still doing those articles. We have another article. Actually, we have three different articles coming out with um, people from the industry. And we're really super excited about, especially all of them, because all of them are equally amazing. And it's just like, we have some really cool people, especially someone we interviewed today. And she was like, we were found. We were all just fangirling over her because like, oh my god, oh my god, and um, so we we're just working on some stuff and doing some online tournaments as well. Um, so that's what MG has been up to. Awesome! It's nice to hear that you're kind of like just adapting the content that you're making and what you're doing to. I mean, one of our branches is online anyway, so we were just sort of putting more pressure, I suppose, on that sort of stuff. And I'm really grateful for the rest of mg team for thinking up like different ideas and new things um to keep the content going especially last week i wasn't feeling well i got a cold just a normal cold and um <laughs> and so the others were really on it and so i'm very grateful for working with the team and obviously the stream team and stuff like that so it's really good yeah oh that's great um so yeah we'll link anything in the in the show notes um so we're going to go on to some of our feedback and questions um, that people sent in through social media. Um, this one's actually from Streamcast. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I don't know if that's cheating because you're on the podcast. but <laughs> <laughs> um, So our fir- the first question we've got here is, which game would you make into a manga if you could make a manga based on any game, video game, board game, etc. Interesting. Um, yeah, I've definitely got an answer. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so there's a game called Deus Ex, and um, it's like a role-playing game. It's had updated iterations, but uh, I'm talking about the, the first game in, like, I think it came out in 2000 or something like that. Um, which is probably my favourite game. Uh, I feel like it wouldn't have held up all these years later, but uh, definitely my uh, favourite game is kind of a like role-playing game, but in a 
uh, cyberpunk setting. So think like oh. cyberpunk uh, 2077. Um, when I saw that trailer and that uh, that world, I definitely got like uh, Deus Ex vibes. So uh, that would be cool to see that turned into into a manga. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Good answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have an answer? That's like a really. I should have read this ahead of time, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> I could have. I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't read that much manga. If I'm really honest, uh, I tend to like watch and play things. Um, okay. So it's hard because it's like trying to go through stuff. At the moment, I'm playing, well, playing through Halo 5 along with other things. Um, and Halo 5 would be a fun manga to read. Hmm. Just Halo in general. Yeah, no. Some like yeah. Cortana's adventures and just her going mm. on her. Yeah, I can see um, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else have any? Apex Legends. I mean, that was my answer. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was always going to be my answer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that, that would make a great manga. Like, was, uh... all their stories. Yeah. Sorry, Rose. I was actually thinking Arkham Asylum because I think Riddler and Joker would make really good, like, I learn would just make hilarious scenes and mangas, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Is that is that everyone? Do any of the streamcasters have an answer to this question? Ooh. Uh, Didn't see that coming, did you? No, I was not. <laughs> I'm gonna well, put you on the spot. Okay, fair enough. The I, table I think has turned. <laughs> I think for me personally, I would go with God of War only Shock. because I've read a manga called Berserk, and the main character reminds me a lot of Kratos. So I think that. Um, it, when you couple it with the Greek mythology, it could make a very interesting um, story to re- read. Well, cool. Anyone else want to answer it, or should I move on to the next question? I'm going to take that as a move on to the next question. <laughs> uh, what has been your favourite idea for a manga produced by the children um, slash young people? you have worked with so this is Nigel oh yeah this is yeah so yeah I've, I've mentioned sort of on the show that uh, I do workshops with young people so it's like uh, comic story workshops and it's just about getting them to go through the process of creating their own characters and stories and like building up their creative confidence teaching them uh, skills that you know like transferable skills and stuff uh, what it does mean is I work with uh, kids as young as like seven or eight uh, up to college age, so like 17, 18. Um, yeah, you see a lot, you see a lot of stuff <laughs> working with kids. And some of the ideas they come up with are really interesting. And I mean that in both a good way and an interesting <laughs> way. <laughs> but um, so last, last year, summer, uh, when I did a workshop with the uh, literacy pirates, uh, and so they're like um, uh, an organisation that 
work with young people after school to help support them in their uh, reading, uh, reading and writing. So they they put on these like after school activities, these out of term uh, activities, and sort of they brought me in to do a five day uh, workshop. Uh, so I came in and on each day sort of went through sort of the basics like brainstorming an idea, developing characters on the other day, uh, next day designing the narrative and all that. Uh, and so each of the time I'm, I'm checking in on these kids, just seeing how things are going. Uh, and there was this one kid who, so like I'll sit down and I'll just like have them tell me what their story is. And he was telling me the story and I'm, I can't remember everything about it. So I, uh, apologies because in case one day he listens to this or um, his parents do and they feed it back that I just butchered his story. But he he came up with a story and it was about a like about a girl who wanted to fly, but she was having sort of insecurities about it. And her, her father or grandfather was helping her, but then uh, he passed away and then she used that experience to learn how to fly and then she was wearing his uh, his flying goggles like i'm summarizing it like <laughs> amazingly but as he was talking i'm looking at him i'm like hold on a second this is a really good story <laughs> and i asked him like um by the way this kid's like 10 maybe just to put some context yeah. on that uh, and i asked him as he oh, is, is he into studio ghibli and it's like yeah i watched that i'm like yeah i know because wow. You just told me like a, a Studio Ghibli style story. And then I asked him, how how did you come up with that? Because that is, and sometimes I've got to check, like, did you see this somewhere or did you just come mm. up with it? And he's like, yeah, I just came up with this. I'm like, that is, that's actually ama- amazing. The story you told it had like layers and it was like this emotion uh, in it. So yeah, that was, that was the one that stood out. There've been a few, but that was the one that sort of stands out as like, wow, like I'm, I think I told him like I'm like I'm genuinely impressed <laughs> that you came up with that story idea. Yeah, uh, that's really good. Yeah, it's a really good idea. So yeah, you you get those, um, yeah. and then yeah, you, you get some other stories. I just like, uh, uh, what are you thinking? But it's all all good fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I was like super, like oh so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I feel touched. Just yeah. I I'd love to have the actual story um, I, I think i told him like because we did um so we end with uh, like a showcase so the kids will stand up they'll show their drawings uh, and like in this case the parents came over uh, i think i actually said to him like uh your story is so good i considered stealing it for a while by <laughs> using it and because yeah, I, was, I was impressed wow that yeah i'm super touched <laughs> um <laughs> That is all the questions that we do have for this episode. Um, but if you are listening and you would love to join in the discussion or give your feedback, either on this um, episode or any of our other episodes, let us know if you get in a PlayStation or an Xbox and your opinion on that. Um, but yeah, you can send your feedback to feedback at myamada.com or you can contact us on social media which is at myamada on twitter at myamadatees on instagram or at tazzy on both cool so we have reached the end of our episode our bumper episode so just want to say thank you to our guests thank you to streamcast isaac andy akira 
Uh, thank you to Rose. Thank you to Annabelle of Melanin Gamers. Uh, and thank you to for listening to us. Like if you're if you made it all the way to the end, congratulations. There's no prize, but you get the uh, the warm satisfaction <laughs> of of, uh, of something. I don't a virtual know, hug. There you go. Yeah. A virtual hug. I hope it's worth it. Um, so yeah, you can listen to this episode and all our previous episodes wherever you get your podcast from. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and many others. Um, this is usually the point where I would plug our gamepad event, but uh, if you don't already know by listening to this or just looking out your window, coronavirus has stopped everything. So we don't know when the next gamepad is going to be. But we will be just monitoring the the situation when it's like basically safe uh, to leave our houses. We'll we'll begin uh, plans for that. But we also do manga, so you can while you're indoors check out some of our manga. Um, just go to mymanga.com forward slash manga, and we'll have more episodes. So our schedule has changed slightly. So I don't know what the next episode will be. I just know there will be an episode at some point over this month so if you just um, subscribe to us follow us you'll get notifications of when our uh, next episode will be so look out for that over the next um yeah few weeks and uh, and however long uh, this whole situation lasts so again our feedback uh, email address is feedback at mymatter.com you can send us your feedback on anything we've discussed today. The website is also myamada.com forward slash story x story. Uh, for now, goodbye, and we'll see you later. Mm-hmm.